So, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, I've never, prior to having these mm -hmm. accounts, um, I never really, I was never really into social media. I always had a private account. I had a corporate job. I was not, you know, just sharing some stuff here and there with my friends and family. Um, but, you know, I, I think my story within the political world and what, what I am now, what I'm, what I'm doing now, what I've been doing, um, it started actually like in 2018, 2017, 2018. So I was a, a, a registered Democrat. I actually grew up with a very conservative Latino family. Um, as most of us, we grew up very religious, um, family oriented, you gotta go to school, you know, like all these conservative social values, I would say. Um, and what happens is when you move here and, you know, the Democrats really own everything, you know, the media, who's, you know, they're not the counterculture, they're the culture because they own every institution, every institution is with them, whether it's education, Hollywood, you know, you know, all these, these corporations. So, you know, I was naturally uh, in college, a Democrat, you know, what I thought was the party of the people really loved Obama, <clears throat> was not really a Clinton fan, like huge into her and not really it was more like Obama was interesting and well-spoken and charismatic and, you know, a good looking guy, the whole thing. Right. Um, so anyways, fast forward, I, you know, I'm sure you heard in my Vice video, I voted for Clinton in 2016. You know, I didn't really do it because I was sold on her or anything. It was more like the misinformation, the propaganda. Um, and, you know, I, I wasn't in this like um, social media political world where you can get alternative news. I was still you know, looking at the Washington Post as a reliable source, looking at CNN as a reliable source. As it should be yeah. in a perfect right. world. As it should be, right? So uh, with that being said, I remember when the Trump presidency started, it was so chaotic and it was really just chaotic because of the media, not because of anything that's going on right now outside of the streets, right? Like mm -hmm. it's, it's not what they say. Um, that your neighbor hates you, everyone hates black people and immigrants and this and white people are terrible and, you know, all these things that aren't true. I'm sure, you know, like I live in a building with multiple races and cultures and there's gays and lesbians and, you know, no one here is disrespectful to one another. And I think that's most of America. Uh, obviously, we do have exceptions of races and, and people that hate immigrants, it's, but I think it's the minority of the population. Um, so anyways, um, there was a point in time where I just found, I just, it just clicked to me. Like, I just, I'm like, you know, Trump is doing good things. Like, this is not a bad thing. You know, this is not a bad thing. I agree with this. I agree with that. And then you just kept seeing the, the outrage and the, um, the, the, the media just portraying this guy as the devil, Hitler, Nazi, white supremacist, this is bad, that's bad. And slowly but surely, I think the veil started thinning for me. And I was just like, dude, like, this is just crazy. You know, you guys attack this guy every day, no matter what he does, even when it's something that is positive for all Americans, you can't even say anything nice. Like, it's just getting weird at this point, right? So I decided to, like, unfollow, especially on Facebook and Instagram, like, every, every single one of those, like, reliable sources of, like, media, and just go down my own rabbit hole and start like researching. And, you know, I ended up finding all, 
all these things about like human trafficking and how Trump is actually the one that is, you know, helping that stuff and the, what's going on at the border, the legal trafficking, Obama behind, you know, to fast and the furious operations, like so many things that I was like, holy shit, like Trump is the good guy. Like, I, I you know, it's just, it is what it is. Like I was wrong, you know, many people are wrong. Um, and it just started, it just started for me that way, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I went on a year of following people like mainstream conservative, Candace Owens, Charlie Kirk, people like that. Um, also, you know, people that you would consider like conspiracy theorists, like Alex Jones and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Eventually, I ended up connecting with someone. Um, she's running for Congress. Her name is Anna Paulina. And she, she really encouraged me to start my own like social media channel. She's like, we need more Latinas. We need people talking about human trafficking. We need to build like this online like communities and spread the information and try to recruit people into the party, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and I said, you know what, let's do it. So I started on Twitter. I just started posting info. Everything was, uh, I was making videos on YouTube. I was posting them and I started getting a following that way. Uh, later joined Instagram, continue to do the same thing. Um, and at first, to be honest with you, my page was kind of like a meme page, like mostly like trolling, like politicians and, you know, just like laughing at the crazy, you know, left and posting things about vaccines, which we can't even talk about anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, everything, you know, that it's kind of like prohibited to talk about now. So, um, I started that way and it just kind of developed into almost like a influencer role and a activist role which was never intended to happen you know i never intended to go advice or msnbc or do you know i did you know a video with the president for the president's campaign so all these things just kind of like started coming in if that means say like i started building a brand i started building a following like a very loyal um community of moms of you know patriots and it just evolved that way so, you know, we did a lot of work for Trump's campaign and that's where we are now. You know, we obviously, we, we lost, lost the election. You know, it's a, it's a very touchy subject for some people. Some of us believe it was stolen. Some people don't. Um, but now we're just kind of like trying to figure out what we do because we are in the crossroads. We are at the crossroads. Every American is. And I think, you know, I, I speak to, I'm a, I'm a normal middle-class girl, you know, our friends who are very wealthy, our friends who are just like me. I have friends in all sorts of areas, if you may say of the economic spectrum, and everybody kind of feels the same way, even the very rich people, you know, it's like, we're kind of fucked right now, <laughs> you know, like we're kind of fucked, like, what do we do? And so, you know, we're kind of building a community here in Miami. I always tell people to get locally involved know who your city council is, know who you can replace at the school board level, things like that. So that's kind of my story in, you know, less than 15 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. So mm -hmm. first of all, uh, it's interesting to see how, how politically your perspective can shift mm -hmm. once you gather all of the information, or at least information that isn't geared towards one side or that is, dare I say, manipulated information. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that I think that's just a and whether it doesn't matter what side 
you reside with, doesn't matter, you know, what, what necessarily your beliefs are. But I think if everybody had the, um, the clarity to be able to make rational decisions by just actually doing the work themselves versus being told what to do and just leaving it out for somebody else, um, the, the world would be a much better place because <laughs> then you'd be, you'd be opinionated for the right reasons because you would have all the right. information. Then you can make your decision your based own. on all the information. Right. Like, of course, it's going to be one-sided when you are collecting information that is targeted to one specific agenda. And that's all the information that you have at your disposal. Well, of course, your decisions are going to be based on that information. So, um, so that's, that's, that is interesting. My, my question to you is where, where is this going? What is your goal with all of this? What's the purpose? What's the plan? Um, yeah. and, and, and I guess like what, what, what's the end result? Yeah. So like I said, to be honest with you, we, I started like many of my other colleagues, it was just honestly sharing info. Most people yeah. had either regular corporate jobs and they had a different persona on the internet or they had their own businesses like I did, um, or I do. And that was it. It was like, it, it there wasn't an end goal, you understand? Because sometimes people start a, a channel to, you know, I'm gonna do fashion styling or, you know, they started with a purpose. So I'm gonna review this. Like, you know, I wanna become a media personality or be the next, next Joe Rogan. And for us, like at least our community, it was about sharing info and being the media. Like that's where there's yeah. a saying called, we are the media now, right? We were bypassing the media establishment and giving, um, the people direct access to stuff that they didn't. So there wasn't an end goal. Um, we were just sharing info as like a part-time, like fun, cool, you know, internet nerd experience. There wasn't anything to it. It became a lot more serious. I think um, around like 20, I was already doing stuff like 2019. I visited the press. I you know, went to the White House like two times. I did the Vice stuff, but those were just things that were coming to me naturally. I wasn't necessarily like seeking them. You understand? Yeah, yeah. Um, I just started getting involved, networking, stuff like that. And people found my content. I used to do a lot more videos. Like now I'm just kind of like you, like keeping up with my account, like not necessarily producing anything, not doing anything too much. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of like in a hiatus right now. But, um, you know, before I was putting out a lot more content where people were seeing it, sharing it and saying, you know, we want to be like, come to our podcast, come to this, come uh, talk on this news network about X, Y immigrant issue. Uh, let's have a debate, stuff like that. Um, I think, I think for me, things changed, changed was COVID because everybody became an activist. Everybody was involved. Everybody was fighting, right? So I was never doing any local activism. I knew who my mayor was, um, you know, whatever, stuff like that. But I didn't know my city council. I had no idea. You know, we didn't, we didn't really know much of our city or who's, who's in charge of our city. And that became very real. And we became very involved um, when COVID hit. So when COVID hit, um, that's when I started really getting involved in local politics, right? And um, I don't know if you know this, but I am the person, literally the only citizen in Miami-Dade who sued the county for their um, unconstitutional mass mandates. So that yeah. was, yeah, so that I was the only citizen, you know, I got my followers. Uh, we got Anthony Sabatini to be the lawyer. We fundraised, um, we fundraised $2,500. We, we gave, you know, obviously we paid for the attorney, all the legal fees, all that stuff. 
Um, the case really went nowhere because we had a first hearing. The judge wanted, I forgot the proper legal term, but there was going to be another hearing. And that's when Governor DeSantis signed the executive order to drop all the masks, blah, 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 across Florida. So our case kind of was like dismissed. At one point, they did side. I think DeSantis did that. Um, our local government was still trying to implement stuff, even though the governor said no. I think what ended up happening was um, the judge ended up ruling, ended up dismissing the case. That's what happened. Because a lot of times they don't want like the heat. They don't want to, the judge doesn't want to be exposed to the media and stuff like that. So they'll just like dismiss the case. Um, and then once we, that's what happened. Once we were going to appeal, the Santos drops everything and everything is just kind of like mass free. Um, so, after that happened, I started getting a lot more involved here in the local um, arena, if you may say. Mm -hmm. So we are now um, at the crossroads, which is we have local patriot groups with, that we've started. Some of them have funding. Some of them are trying to get funding. And we're trying to be organized at the local level. So I'm in e-commerce. I have my own business, which really has nothing to do with my account. Obviously, I get some sales here and there. But um, and even before that, I used to have a travel agency prior to COVID. Like it had nothing to do with any of this that I was doing. That's how I made my bread and butter. Um, and now it's transitioned into more of a brand. And we are working. You know, I was in a car earlier today. <clears throat> we have a mom group now. Those moms are really focused on the school board, right? Who's running up for re-election? Can we get some of our people to run? What are the requirements? How can we train them? Stuff like that, right? Um, now, we we also have a local, I'd say, like Patriot Group, which is being funded. Um, and they are basically, we're going to be, we're, we're going to be kind of like the opposition to the local government, right? So we want to put people in the city council and the city commissioners. We want new mayors. We want to clean up Miami-Dade and it's going to be through these organizations. So right now, that's part of like my activism. I'm personally, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, like I said, before COVID hit, I had a uh, boutique travel agency. I was doing great. COVID killed my business. Um, now I'm, e I'm in e-commerce. I make some money off my account here and there, but it's not something that was ever meant to be like a business or a source of revenue. Um, I think it may be, but I'm kind of in a hiatus right now because it's it's been very tough for us in the that were part of like the MAGA movement and we were trying to get the president reelected and went through so much shit, like just yeah. insane amount of shit, right? Um, from the media talks to even Antifa, like doxing us, uh, coming after us, all that shit like really weighs on you. And, you know, I have to focus on my business. I have to make it grow. Um, you know, things have been a little shaky because I've been spread thin with so many, so many things, right? And the reality is that not a lot of people take initiative. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of complaining. Uh, we're pissed off about this. We hate this. We hate that. But there's very little people who are going to take the initiative to say, we're going to do, we're going to look for the new mayor. And we're going to fundraise money and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. Right. So this is a time for me, especially this last quarter of the year where I'm putting focus back on me, back on what matters, my personal growth, my business. Um, I'm going to see what I do with this brand that I have, the Wake Up With Linda brand, because it has become extremely complicated to have a voice on social media. You know, last night I reposted um, 
some of my old content on vaccines. And then I woke up this morning, my account had locked me out because of a story that was against their freaking rules, whatever it is of harmful information. So, you know, that stuff is just like, it just weighs down on you, dude. Like, it's just, it's, is it even worth it? You know, um, I might just do a podcast. I may just do a morning show. I'm kind of like on that, like, organization stage if that makes sense yeah i mean that, that's honestly why i yeah. i started my podcast in 2018 and uh you know posted here and there didn't really do much of it and then um yeah. year ago i started posting a year before about a year before covid hit and then uh during covid it's my numbers start spiking and i'm like wow there's something here and then I was like, wow, I actually get to, because the whole point of the podcast is to be able to talk about the things that you want to talk about. It was a passion project right. that can potentially become an enterprise if, if you are strategic with it, right? It right. could be the cornerstone of your brand. And I do want to talk about uh, a little bit more about on the business side. So you said you've got an e-commerce business mm -hmm. um, and you're generating traffic uh, here and there from, from your account, but it's not your primary source. What is your primary source? Are you running ads? Yeah. Are you doing SEO? So you're just running. So, yeah. So the ads um, are, they're a little bit complicated. I don't know if you saw the, the iOS 14 update that yeah. is getting the ads. So how I've been, how I've been driving traffic to my Instagram and then my website is SEO, which I actually going to reach out to someone you to help me actually optimize the entire website because there's a lot more products added that I've added myself. So I haven't done the proper SEO. Mm -hmm. um, the SEO right now is like the original SEO that I did. I think the last update I did was like earlier in the year. So SEO, we have ads, uh, Facebook, Instagram ads, no Google ads. We have Google shopping, obviously. Um, influencer marketing as well, which I want to find more like local influencers and stuff like that, girls that are into fashion blogging, whatnot. Um, and then, you know, I'll share it whenever I have a special or something to share. I will share it on my store. I will share it on my account. Um, but that's basically it, you know, with, with e-commerce, I think you really need to know your niche, right? Like I, when I first started e-commerce I had no idea what I was doing I had just taken a very basic Shopify course um I wasn't I was into ads I knew the ad game because I had done ads for my my travel agency business um and I had done ads before for some clients that I had that I just used to manage their social media Facebook accounts and I would run ads for them so I understood the ad side of it but I wasn't I wasn't um very knowledgeable in like e uh email marketing, you know, mm -hmm. building your, your subscribers list, as you said, and then being able to hit them back with emails for specials, for holidays, for their birthdays, whatever it may be. Um, it's so important. You know, I was actually doing numbers yesterday um, for, you know, the rest of the year. You obviously know we have the holidays, Black Friday, all that stuff I got to prepare for. And I'm running numbers and I'm looking at my, um, my emails that I've sent this year um, and you can always, like, you can literally see the pattern between the months that my sales were not that great, um, where I barely met my goal versus those where I surpassed my goal or I did great. And it's just like, I had, let's say like seven campaigns that month versus like two the other mm -hmm. month. 
Yeah. You know, it's like almost guaranteed that every time you send the email, you will get at least a sale, two sales, three oh, sales. Something. Oh yeah. And, and uh, the, you know, the argument is, is that email marketing is dead and I don't want to make this no. necessarily a marketing uh, conversation, but it is fine. It, it is interesting to say it's not. And, 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 you know, people were saying that because of Facebook Messenger ads, specifically running Facebook Messenger ads, specifically primarily for e-commerce, a lot of drop shipping, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason why it worked so well is because we were able to optimize it. And, and uh, uh, the whole system was pretty much on its own through like chatbots and things like that, where you can right. set it up and it would just happen automatically. Um, but that, that, that is fascinating. So th this is something that I think needs to be addressed is that you had a successful business, COVID hit, and instead of, you know, falling over, putting your head between your legs, you decided to pivot and, 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 and really roll up your sleeves and try to figure out something that you could do that was essentially recession proof, which a great, great example of that is e-commerce is the, the, um, you know, physical products being sold online. And, and so did you have an idea in mind? Uh, for, for your e-commerce brand, do you know what you were going to sell? Was it always going to be clothes, jewelry, things like that? Um, or did it just kind of just happen to something that just fell into your lap? Yeah. So the idea actually came because my mom, she was in Colombia. I think it was like 2018 or 2019, like early that year. And she was like, she bought me all this like jewelry pieces from some like lady that she met in Colombia. And she's like, oh, this is her Instagram. She sells all these things. I don't know. And I was like, and she's like, yeah, you know, she, you know, this is what she does. And I don't know why it just kind of clicked to me. So I started researching like jewelry, like fashion jewelry, you know, for women that I would wear. So at first, um, I just, I just kind of like, I don't know, that's just the kind of person that I am. I know like there's some like, even for like the, my travel business, I was not in the travel industry. I was in the liquor industry, you know, I was in corporate, but I, I just, I just saw an opportunity and I said, you know what, I'll just make it work and kind of learn on the way. And it worked out. So I said, you know, I'll just do the same thing with e-commerce. Like I'll just try out the jewelry and see if it works. Like women are always going to be buying jewelry, right? Like, yeah. especially if it's like affordable and stuff. So I just kind of, you know, bought a bunch of things. I bought like $2,500 worth of merchandise, which was way too much. I should have gotten like 500, you know? Um, but I just, I didn't know what I was doing. So I got like, you know, 20, 20 different uh, things, chains, earrings, um, things like that. But there was no strategy. There was like, like now that I know what I'm doing, I'm like, holy shit. Like I was just so like unorganized. Like I just bought like whatever, like I didn't, I didn't even look at trends of like jewelry that was like, you know, in style. Like I just honestly didn't care. I still had my main source of income. So to me, it was just like, ah, whatever. Like I'll just, if it fails, it fails. Right. So I did that. And, and, and the jewelry that I got, it was okay. It was good. It was cute. Some of the stuff, but it wasn't the best quality. So as I started following other pages, as I started following fashion bloggers, as I started following, um, actual like jewelry, like jewelry brands like fashion in in the same industry that i'm in in the same niche i was like dude my shit sucks compared to this stuff like this stuff is incredible you know like yeah. my sucks like you know these people like these people know what they're doing you know like water resistant jewelry like you know tarnish resistant like hypoallergenic yeah. and i was like wait i need this like i need to rebrand completely this is this is the money this is like because I fall in a very unique category, right? So it's all about the niche. Like you can't sell to everybody. Like I've, I've done 
e-commerce like webinars and I'm going to host another one this month. Um, and it's just like, sometimes like when I first started my business, I was like, yeah, I'm going to sell to women. Yeah. Like, okay. There's like, you know, what type of women, you know, are you going to talk about women that make a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars? You know, is it women that are 35 or they're 50 year olds? Like who, who is that? Like Latinas or is it just a general market or is it just white women, like black women, like whoever. Mm -hmm. So I, I obviously, I didn't really think it through. Like now I know. And so what I did last year around September, October was I like rebranded the whole store I brought in all new merchandise. Everything that came in was high quality, affordable jewelry. So jewelry that was made uh, with 18, um, sorry, stainless steel and 18 karat gold plated. The reason why is because if you think about it, like when you get any surgery, um, everything that the doctor uses, all his, his, his tools are all stainless steel. They don't rust. Um, they don't, they don't, um, they don't, get green they don't you know they're 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 they last in water so that is the same type of material that i use in my jewelry do i have it on yeah i have some stuff on right here um that is the same material that i use in my jewelry so that you can go in the water you can shower with it you can go in the ocean you can go in the pool and you don't have to worry about it tarnishing and it's also affordable so you know i fall in that very unique category and ever since i did i made that change and I fixed my branding, my marketing, the ads, um, everything, just obviously sales. You could see the improvement in sales, mm -hmm. competitive customers, building brand loyalty, things like that. And, and what is what is your uh, your company website? So it's it's actually a Spanish name, and I can tell you that. It's called uh, elsantomercado.com. It means the holy market. Um, on Instagram is El Santo Mercado Jewelry. Um, and there it's, it's actually, again, this was like an experiment for me. So I had the name of that. I had that website, um, that domain from before, from years ago and a little like, um, Colombian market, like a two month project that I had for a Colombian market here in Miami called El Santo Mercado. And we just, it, I just, I just had that domain there for a very long time. And I'm like, you know what, I'll just use it. So you said you've got an e-commerce business mm -hmm. um, and you're generating traffic uh, here and there from, from your account, but it's not your primary source. What is your primary source? Are you running ads? Yeah. Are you doing SEO? So you're just running. So, yeah. So the ads um, are, they're a little bit complicated. I don't know if you saw the, the iOS 14 update that yeah. it's getting the ads so how i've been how i've been driving traffic to my instagram and then my website is seo which i actually i'm gonna reach out to someone you to help me actually optimize the entire website because there's a lot more products added that i've added myself so i haven't done the proper seo mm -hmm. um the seo right now is like the original seo that i did i think the last update i did was like earlier in the year. So SEO, we have ads, uh, Facebook, Instagram ads, no Google ads. We have Google shopping, obviously, um, influencer marketing as well, which I want to find more like local influencers and stuff like that. Girls that are into fashion blogging, whatnot. Um, and then, you know, I'll share it whenever I have a special or something to share. I will share it on my store. I will share it on my account. Um, 
but that's basically it you know with with e-commerce i think you really need to know your niche right like mm-hmm. i when i first started e-commerce i had no idea what i was doing i had just taken a very basic shopify course um i wasn't i was into ads i knew the ad game because i had done ads for my my travel agency business um and i had done ads before for some clients that i had that i just used to manage their social media facebook accounts and i would run ads for them so i understood the ad side of it but i wasn't i wasn't um very knowledgeable in like email uh email marketing you know mm-hmm. building your your subscribers list as you said and then being able to hit them back with emails for specials for holidays for their birthdays whatever it may be um it's so important. You know, I was actually doing numbers yesterday um for, you know, the rest of the year. You obviously you know we have the holidays, Black Friday, all this stuff I got to prepare for. And I'm running numbers and I'm looking at my um my emails that I've sent this year. Um and you can always like you can literally see the pattern between the months that my sales were not that great um or I barely met my goal versus those where I surpassed my goal or I did great and it's just like I had let's say like seven campaigns that month versus like two the other mm-hmm. month yeah you know it's like almost guaranteed that every time you send the email you will get at least a sale two sales three oh, sales something. oh yeah and and uh, the, you know the argument is is that email marketing is dead and I don't want to make this no. necessarily a marketing uh conversation but it is fine it, it is interesting to say it's not and 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 and, you know, people were saying that because of Facebook Messenger ads, specifically running Facebook Messenger ads, specifically primarily for e-commerce, a lot of drop shipping, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason why it worked so well is because we were able to optimize it. And, and uh, uh, the whole system was pretty much on its own through like chatbots and things like that, where you can right. set it up and it would just happen automatically. Um, but that, that, that is fascinating. So th- this is something that I think needs to be addressed is that you had a successful business, COVID hit, and instead of, you know, falling over, putting your head between your legs, you decided to pivot and, 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 and really roll up your sleeves and try to figure out something that you could do that was essentially recession proof, which a great, great example of that is e-commerce is the, the, um, you know, physical products being sold online. And, and so did you have an idea in mind? Uh, for, for your e-commerce brand, do you know what you were going to sell? Was it always going to be clothes, jewelry, things like that? Um, or did it just kind of just happen to something that just fell into your lap? Yeah. So the idea actually came because my mom, she was in Colombia. I think it was like 2018 or 2019, like early that year. And she was like, she bought me all this like jewelry pieces from some like lady that she met in Colombia. She's like, oh, this is her Instagram. She sells all these things. I don't know. And I was like, and she's like, yeah, you know, she, you know, this is what she does. And I don't know why it just kind of clicked to me. So I started researching like jewelry, like fashion jewelry, you know, for women that I would wear. So at first, um, I just, I just kind of like, I don't know, that's just the kind of person that I am. I know like there's some like, even for like the, my travel business, I was not in the travel industry. I was in the liquor industry, you know, I was in corporate, but I, I just, I just saw an opportunity and I said, you know what, I'll just make it work and kind of learn on the way. And it worked out. So I said, you know, I'll just do the same thing with e-commerce. Like I'll just try out the jewelry and see if it works. Like women are always going to be buying jewelry, right? Like, especially if it's like affordable and stuff. So I just kind of, you know, bought a bunch of things. I bought like $2,500 worth of merchandise, which was way too much. I should have gotten like 500, you know? 
Um, but I just, I didn't know what I was doing. So I got like, you know, 20, 20 different uh, things, chains, earrings, um, things like that. But there was no strategy. There was like, like now that I know what I'm doing, I'm like, holy shit. Like I was just so like unorganized. Like I just bought like whatever, like I didn't, I didn't even look at trends of like jewelry that was like, you know, in style. Like I just honestly didn't care. I still had my main source of income. So to me, it was just like, ah, whatever. Like I'll just, if it fails, it fails. Right. So I did that. And, and, and the jewelry that I got, it was okay. It was good. It was cute. Some of the stuff, but it wasn't the best quality. So as I started following other pages, as I started following fashion bloggers, as I started following um, actual like like jewelry brands, like fashion in in the same industry that I'm in, in the same niche, I was like, dude, my shit sucks compared to this stuff. Like this stuff is incredible, you know, like my sucks. Like, you know, these people, like these people know what they're doing, you know, like water resistant jewelry, like you know, tarnish resistant, like hypoallergenic. And I was like, wait, I need this. Like I need to rebrand completely. This is, this is the money. This is like, because I found a very unique category. So it's all about the niche. Like you can sell to everybody. Like I've, I've done e-commerce like webinars and I'm going to host another one this month. Um, And it's just like, sometimes like when I first started my business, I was like, yeah, I'm going to sell to women. Yeah. Okay. There's like, you know, what type of women, you know, are you going to talk about women that make a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars? You know, is it women that are 35 or they're 50 year olds? Like who who is that like Latinas or is it just a general market or is it just white women, like black women, like whoever. Mm -hmm. So I, I obviously, I didn't really think it through. Like now I know. And so what I did last year around September, October was I like rebranded the whole store I brought in all new merchandise. Everything that came in was high quality, affordable jewelry. So jewelry that was made uh, with 18, um, sorry, stainless steel and 18 karat gold plated. The reason why is because if you think about it, like when you get any surgery, um, everything that the doctor uses, all his, his, his tools are all stainless steel. They don't rust. um, They don't, they don't, um, they don't, get green they don't you know they're 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 they last in water so that is the same type of material that i use in my jewelry do i have it on yeah i have some stuff on right here um that is the same material that i use in my jewelry so that you can go in the water you can shower with it you can go in the ocean you can go in the pool and you don't have to worry about it tarnishing and it's also affordable so you know i fall in that very unique category and ever since i did i made that change and I fixed my branding, my marketing, the ads, um, everything, just obviously sales. You could see the improvement in sales, mm-hmm. repetitive customers, building brand loyalty, things like that. And, and what is what is your uh, your company website? So it's it's actually a Spanish name, and I can tell you that. It's called uh, elsantomercado.com. It means the holy market. Um, on Instagram is El Santo Mercado Jewelry. Um, and there it's, it's actually, again, this was like an experiment for me. So I had the name of that. I had that website, um, that domain from before, from years ago and a little like, um, Colombian market, like a two month project that I had for a Colombian market here in Miami called El Santo Mercado. And we just, it, I just, I just had that domain there for a very long time. And I'm like, you know what, I'll just use it. 
you know, I'll just use this domain. I'll, I'll, um, at first, my idea at first was that it was going to be like a Christian brand. So the holy market was like a good name for it at that moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it just, I, again, I didn't think about it. So far, the name's working. I may change it. I may not. Hold on. I got to take you with me because I got to open the door for my dog. She, oh, she you're likes, good. You're good. Yeah. She likes to get sun at this time. So, yeah. Um, so, anyways, that is, you know, that is the story of that jewelry brand, which it's growing, it's going great. Um, I do it everything here from home. Actually, some of my stickies is out here, but some of my things are, are back here. But I do want to create other brands. I obviously have to have this brand automated and good enough where I feel comfortable where I can launch something new, right? Because you know how it is. If you spread yourself too thin, you're just not going to... Sales are not going to match your level of energy. No. Unfortunately, that would have been yeah. great though. Um, yeah. I, I like the name. I think first of all, it, it's gonna, it, it's, it's not the usual, right? It's going to stick right. in, it's going to, you know, you're going to remember it, even if you can't pronounce it correctly. Right. You know, I've been, I've been married to, um, uh, a Latina for almost a decade and I've yet to learn Spanish. So I, I, I need to, I need to figure something out, but I do understand a yeah. lot, you know, uh, of the speaking. I think having a, uh, being bilingual definitely tends to help with learning or understanding of various languages, but I think it's great. And I think I, I can see you kind of gearing towards, um, like, have you ever thought about doing like a man's brand jewelry brand? Because there's a lot of guys, like I always decorate. So my wife, uh, her cousin makes these like bracelets in Mexico uh -huh. and, uh, they're in they're in my little case there but they're really cool they're like beads and they're like jade and whatever and i'll wear them like with my watches or whatever and and they're nice and like and i would i would buy stuff like that you know i like necklaces like simple necklaces i'm not like fancy this is the lebanese flag you know just that i had custom made on etsy you know it wasn't very expensive this is something else that you know um so i know a lot of men that that would would buy you know jewelry like that i can see that being yeah. a, a a big niche maybe you that's something that you'd want to shift to once you're yeah i i I'm, i have gotten inquiries and requests from men for sure and i got hit with an ad the other day by a brand i think it's a unisex but the whole ad made it yeah. seem more money. i think it's called jackson or something i want to look into them they, they had a really cool ad um but yeah basically that's um that's that's the story and i think that social media even though from the political social aspect of things which is killing us you know like we can't yeah. share anything we don't even know what to share um i do think social media for growing your brand um is incredible i was in the travel stuff and i wasn't necessarily like like i was telling my friend today it's not my passion it's yeah. not um it wasn't you know i didn't really care for it but it was paying my bills um, and I tell people now, I mean, I, I like what I do now, but it's not like I'm passionate about jewelry either. I mean, I do like fashion and I wear them. It's, I live with them, you know, oh, but what's nice about what you're doing now, you get this formula down. Oh you yeah. Can you, you can take your profit and go invest it in some other things, real estate, whatever the case may be. You can literally build quite the portfolio and right. make money when you're sleeping and then do right. the things that you want to do because you have the financial that's, uh, background that's, to do so. That's literally 
the point. So that's why I was telling you that like with my page, like I used to barely, even now, I mean, I just, I haven't gone live in a while. Like I just haven't produced anything. I mean, I used to just have like weekly videos and I had a whole like, this was obviously prior to like all the crackdown on social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but now I have a very powerful brand and, you know, with the affiliates that I have, the clients that I've worked with, that I've done ads for, I have, you know, higher purchasing power than somebody with 1.2 million followers, you know? And that's the thing. Plus your engagement though is not to interrupt you, but your engagement is super high. Super high. Super high for the amount of followers that you have per engagement percentage ratio. Like if I, I were to back when we were like hiring influencer marketing, you're the, you're the exact person I would go for. It isn't someone who has 5 million followers. They're like, fuck. This I mean, person. I'm telling you because one of my affiliates is my, my girlfriend. She owns a brand. I'm sure you've seen me post about an agent. Notorious. Yeah. Very, yeah. very, actually very famous now. And, um, I, you know, last month she was like, you know, obviously you can't say anything. She's like, you know, you, this, she shows me like what I've sold. She's like, you know, you sold this much and it's been, it's, it was like three weeks in, into August. And she's like, you sold this much. And then this influencer with 1.2 million followers in the beauty industry has sold $99, one sale. Wow. And then this supermodel that she hired more for brand awareness, like she wasn't really trying to get sales from, you know, like brand recognition from one Victoria's Secret model who doesn't want that. Um, and she hired her. She paid a ton of money for uh, all these models to, to uh, you know, post a picture with her stuff. And Elsa Halsk, I think is her name. She sold $500. So, so, mm -hmm. and, and, and Elsa has like 6.9 million followers or something. But what's the engagement on her 6.9 million followers? I don't, I mean, I haven't looked at her numbers. I just know like the sales info. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is that like, what's the niche? So like, if she has 7 million followers, even if her engagement is high, if the product doesn't match the industry or niche, then it's absolutely pointless. But it would just... because she's a supermodel and, you know, they, they talk about skincare and hair uh, the beauty and blah 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 but the point is that you know my, my point to this is is that you know micro influencers obviously are just um, a better deal number one and number two that i have to do something with my brand my wake up with linda brand because this table because um it's really powerful it's very very powerful i mean i've i've basically me and another influencer were the ones that have built um, the momentum going here in Miami for the political scene and, and the activism that's going on. I'm tired because I've been doing it for so long now. And, and I, like I said, I'm like in a hiatus, yeah. you know, um, but we, we have built uh, a pretty, you know, large, I'd say community here in Miami and it's almost like a social responsibility now, you know? It's like I was on a call today and I was telling my girl, I'm like, I need you guys to like, you know, carry the torch for a little bit because I have a lot going on. I need to get like aligned and center again. I've been doing this for three years. You guys are just starting now. And 
you know, I, I, I can't do it all. So while I take this little personal break, you guys have to be the ones I'll still post you and share your, your events and be involved, but I can't be the face of it right now. Cause it's just too much. You know, I think it's been tough, you know, like we were, yeah. I did a lot for the Trump campaign and we were fighting the fucking fight, you know, like spiritually, yeah. mentally, like politically, like, I mean, in every sense of the word, you know, it was like, we knew that shit was going to go bad. And, you know, it's, it was, it was pretty traumatizing because they were coming after us, you know? Um, it's, it's tough, Linda, to go against a system that is broken. No, it's, that's like, why I tell, I was saying this week, it's, 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 we just have to accept that this is clown world. This is where we live. Uh, there's no political solution to this. Like, no, it's like your none. efforts, all, all you do, all you end up doing is becoming a pariah. Like straight up. I would wear, I never wear masks only when I'm forced to, or somebody tells me, yeah. can you put on a mask or whatever? And I would, you know, like you're, you're like, you're looked at like you're an alien. Number one. Number two, the judgment comes in. And then number three, it's like, at what point do you have to rest on your laurels? At what point do you say no more? Like, cause then the, there's so many variables, right? Like I've got children, they go to a public school. I've got a wife who works for somebody and is starting her business. And there's so much, there's so much little things that you have to like, at, at some point I'm like, okay, well, I can't totally be selfish, but at the same time, I'm not going to like, I have always had a problem with authority. I've always had a problem with um, the system as it is. And I've always wanted to do my own thing. And that's not like rebellion. It's just like, I don't, I, I don't know how people just take it as it is and just roll over and call it good. Like, who are you? Why would you do that? Like, what, what kind of, like, why don't you have a little bit of grit in you, a little bit of tenacity, a little bit of will, something that you can decide for yourself Versus just this is the the norm and we just have to abide by it because we're building a socialist. Uh, I think the problem too is that you know at first like the problem with those people that just said fuck it I'm gonna comply and I'm just gonna deal with it at first is that it never stops it never ended it didn't no. end with the mask it didn't end with one vaccine or two or three now it didn't end it doesn't end with three fucking vaccines three a vaccine and two boosters and a mask so it's like. The more we comply, it's like we need more vaccination rates, more, 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 more. We need this, we need that. It's like it's because we keep complying, they're never going to end this nightmare that we're all living. One thousand percent. Delta variant. It's going to be the Z variant, the Mu, the Kai. Like there's just it's just going to be. We live in a medical dictatorship, like where our freedoms, our lives are. Or, or, or revolve around the ICU capacity of fucking hospitals. Build more hospitals then. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean? with I'm, I'm with you. And, and so it's like, yeah, you don't want to be a burden to society. You just, you don't want the trouble. Like, you know, it's, it's uh, how to face this, this issue. Like at my USBS office, I do all my, I package everything from here and then I just drop it off at USBS. I don't actually need them to do anything for me because I have my printing machine, my stamps, everything here. And then I just drop it off. And I've been doing that all pandemic, no mask 
And um, even though there's no mask here in Miami because it's a federal building, Joe Biden's executive order, blah, blah, blah. So you need a mask to walk inside. So I walk inside uh, like two months ago and this, the, one of the ladies was like, young lady, you need a mask. And I'm, I just ignore her, ignore her. Cause I've been going there for so long without a mask. And all of a sudden I'm not gonna wear a fucking mask like now. Mm. She's kept going so many times last week we went at it because I, I she's like you know she's like this rude black lady that she's probably been working there for 30 years uh you know thinks she owns USPS and she tells me to wear a mask and I just stop and I'm like look I don't need your service you and I are not interacting I don't need you I bring everything here stamped everything here shipped all I do is drop it off we went at it she's like oh, it's still a federal building, blah, 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 next time. And I was like, what are you going to do next time? Call the cops. What are you going to do next time? Mm-hmm. You know, there was a point when I was like, okay, next time I'm just going to wear a Trump mask to be a bitch and comply, but it's going to say Trump and I'm going to drop off my shit, right? Or I'm not going to comply and I'm going to stand my ground. Long story short is that I ended up getting a hold of her supervisor because at one point I told her, I said, I've already spoken to your supervisor, which is true. And I said, she said, I can come in here without a mask. She's like, well, you need to go wherever my supervisor is and drop off your stuff there. And I was like, okay, no problem. Report her again. And so I went back yesterday to drop off packages and she didn't say a fucking beep. Nothing. Nothing. I'm like, okay, it looks like I won this fight. It looks like I won the fight. You know, and, and it would have been a lot easier if I just comply with the mask. It's really not a big deal for me to put it on, drop off the stuff and leave, even though I have no human interaction with her at all, right? But at the same time, it's like, fuck you. Like, I even asked her, go, why don't you go get vaccinated? Oh, I already have the vaccine. And I go, you have a va- two vaccines, a mask, and a plexiglass around you, and you worried about me 20 feet away? Everything is, is contradicting. The science is contradicting. The, the state of the world is contradicting. Everything, the mandates are contra- everything. everything. It's just one big contradiction. Here's the thing. At, at, the, at the root of all this, what, what is the whole premise behind all of this? What is it? It's fear. It's to instill fear through control, right? Or control through fear. And that's all it's been. But we're heading towards a dictatorship. And, you know, Joe Rogan said this interestingly. And then I had a Where conversation. Where are you? What state are you in? I'm in Oregon. It's a shit show. Oh. Yeah. It's a fucking shit show. Don't even... Listen, if, if half my family wasn't here, I would have been gone by now. Let me just tell you, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm Lebanese and, and culturally, like you don't just fucking leave your family, your mom, your, you know, it's, you know, and I'm the oldest son, the oldest, you know, child. Yeah. So it's like, you can't, you just can't do that. Um, but going back to what I was saying was it, it, it's alarming because people don't tend, they, they don't realize that they're, they're being controlled. And at the same time, I feel like people know that they're being controlled and they allow it to happen. And that's the scary part is that they're allowing it to happen knowingly or subconsciously, but it, it doesn't phase them. And I, I kind of look at it and I hate to use this term like entrepreneur versus, versus like, you know, uh, working at a job or a career or whatever, because there's so many different, you know, like the hundredth, the 90th person at uh, Facebook is a, you know, multimillionaire. So it doesn't, and he's an employee. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but going back to like the conversation with Joe Rogan, we're, in, we're nearing a dictatorship and like the whole thing, the United States of America, this, this thing was a project. This was a test. 
Literally. She gets everything prior to the United States. What was it? It was a, it was, it was a, a communists or it was, it was communist party, social party, or it was a dictatorship. One of those two or monarchy. That's all that we had to go by. This was an experiment that allowed people to, to have the freedom to do what they want to do. And guess what ended up happening? We, 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 we became literally the number one country in the world because we had all these different uh, uh, diversity of, 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 ethnic, of ethnicities and of talents and intelligence. And we were able to expedite science and technology and like grow. Why? Because we had the freedom to do so. And, and it worked and it worked great. But now they're wanting to reel us in and, and, and control the whole system through fear. For what purpose? Like, what, what is the purpose behind this? You know, I just think more enslavement. I think that they know that. I don't even, you know, sometimes it's just like with the push from this vaccine, right? I'm like, why are they pushing it so hard? Like, I want to go backwards, though, Linda, to go backwards. Does that make sense? Like, why are we going backwards? Yeah, like, like I just as a civilization, why are we going back? I, I think it's also like I don't know how you you know what where you fall in the spiritual realm or religious thing, but I also do believe, and I believe for a while since like 2018 that it's a spiritual warfare, a war on consciousness. One thousand percent. We're in our last days, my friend. Yeah, like the the war on consciousness is insane. It's like we're living in the upside down world, uh, where. You know, my friend called me this morning because he's a reporter and he's telling me about some judge in California. And then, you know, he's like, oh, you know, my followers think that just, you know, you just go to the judge and you give them the right science. And, and, and then he's like, well, they don't understand it, that our system is so corrupt that the judge doesn't give a fuck about science. The judge <coughs> gives a fuck about his buddies that are Democrats yeah. and, and, and siding with the Democrats in California. Yeah. Yeah. So you can show them the science that the masks don't work or the vaccine doesn't work or herd immunity is the way natural, blah, blah, blah. They don't give a fuck because Fauci said it's not true. So we live in this world where reality, where truth does not matter to the establishment. It does not matter. In fact, I'll probably post it later because again, I've been so busy. I haven't been able to like post content. But last night I found this crazy story so the New York Times wrote a whole page on um, Afghan women not being able to, where is it? Not being able to go to school anymore under the Taliban rule. So they have an entire, when I tell you an entire page, where is it? It's right here. I don't know if you can see it probably. So New York Times, this is the, this is the name of the, the title. It says New Taliban Chan Chandler Chancellor bars women from Kabul University. This is a whole fucking page in the New York Times print dedicated to this, to, to this, right? To this supposed ban yep, of women. Yep, yep. And then you go and if you go to Google, NPR, CNN, I mean, all these publications, right? Where do they come up with this news? They wrote, all these major publications wrote this lie based on a fake tweet by a student of Kabul University that pretended to be the chancellor of the university. Now, that, so so they go with the story to continue to push their pro-war uh, uh, machine talk about rescuing the Afghan women from the Taliban because they're being banned. The whole story is fake. They don't even verify the tweet before writing this entire elaborate story. Kabul University last night releases a statement or yesterday 
on their Facebook saying the recent, uh, you know, media, uh, the recent tweets by blah, blah, blah are fake tweets. They're, that's not our chancellor. We have not banned women from blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't matter at this point because the damage is done. It, so we live in a world where it's just like a, 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 a literally the Truman Show, a fake reality, a fake president. You know, yesterday he did that whole thing with the vaccine and a fake backdrop. It's just like cloud world. It's and it's and that's the thing is that it's happening all over the world. I mean, I mean, Lebanon doesn't even have a fucking government right now. You know, like everything is falling apart. I have family over there where. I have nieces that are 20 years old who, because they work for uh, the United Nations that my, my, their older brother works at, and he was able to get them a job, it's their very first official job, and they are generating more income because it's in U.S. dollars than their parents that have been working. One is a physician, just FYI, and the other is a school principal, and they've been working for over three decades. And here are the little children making more money than they are because the, the value of the Lebanese lira is worthless yeah. at this point. Like it's nothing. And you, you know, and then the bombing and then this and then that. And just like everywhere you look, it is, it, it's a pandemic and it's not just this virus. It's, right. it, <laughs> it's just insane. Like I, I, if people were to really look at how things are happening around them and weren't so, you know, let's just say, you know, first world problems. Cause we are, we're dealing with first world problems for the most part, but, but then like, we're, we're getting to the point where it, it could lead to some pretty serious and devastating um, situations. And then I think about like, what kind of world are we building for our children? Like what's going to happen in 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, what kind of world, what's the, what's, what's the landscape look like? It's scary. It's a scary thought. Yeah, because, you know, we can go back, like, I can easily disconnect. You can easily disconnect and, like, not care, you know? Yeah. Uh, and say, well, fuck it, who cares? We're not going to, um, we're not going to, you know, and I don't. I actually don't even look at anything Joe Biden does. I don't look at a single press conference, State of the Union. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. He could be playing with nuclear weapons. I don't know, right? <laughs> but, you know, we can easily disconnect. Yeah. But the reality is that, like, we're in a situation where we don't know if next month credit card companies are going to say we need a proof of vaccine to continue to have credit with us. Right. Yeah. You know, we don't know if next month is like no state travel airlines are going to go no travel. If you don't have a vaccination record, I mean, you just literally don't know. So it's just like, it, it is. And 12 months ago, that was like conspiracy, conspiracy theory, the whole vaccination to be able to, the vaccine card to be able to fly, right? That was a conspiracy theory. Oh, that's not going to happen. Oh yeah. You know, it's it is. It's a cruel. Well, cruel I gotta world. let you go because it's gonna be six p.m. here soon, and I gotta eat and go rollerblade before I gotta go. <laughs> well, have fun rollerblading. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm not gonna lie. You, you know, it's like my. It's like, what do you do for fun? Everyone thinks I have like such an interesting life. Like, what do you do for fun? Like, you must have so much to do. I'm like, nothing. Like, I rollerblade, I go to the beach, and I go to a kava bar. For nice. everyone there is a right wing Republican. That's, that's it. A, that sounds that sounds like a great time. Go to habitsofthefew.com.